I had been getting over some other kind of respiratory illness and I thought I was good to go. And then as I got there a little early and two days before the race, I was like, wow, I feel terrible. And I'm like, but that's okay. I'll be fine. Come race day. And then as soon as I got through that first climb, I was coughing and struggling and thought this is going to be, this is going to be a wild ride, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, I didn't feel too terrible. I felt like we could, we can keep moving and I'm comfortable and I'll just purposefully take it slow and, uh, you know, do our thing here. And it wasn't until kind of halfway through, it was the middle of the night. We were a little over 50 miles in and I'm leaning on my poles, coughing up bloody sputum. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Why? Why is this happening to me? (laughs) And I can't quit. Like we're too far in. I don't want to quit. I want to finish this race. So then I'm like, don't tell my mom. My mom wasn't even there, but I was just like, I think I was so, you know, at this point tired and out of it, definitely hallucinating some things and like, just don't tell my mom, you know, I thought she'd be freaking out. This is your host, Brendan, and you're listening to the Ordinary to Ultra podcast. Each episode, I bring in an ultra runner and ask them about their journey to their first ultra marathon or their first time running a new ultra distance. We'll dive into why they started running in the first place, why they decided to run an ultra, the obstacles they encountered, and what it took to get to the finish line and beyond. Hey, Callie, thanks so much for being here today. Appreciate your time. Happy to be here. Awesome, possum. Uh, Callie, I'd love to know if you have gone on any fun running adventures or otherwise other adventures lately in New York or anywhere, I guess. Lately, uh, lately it's been pretty chilly here. So this weekend we, we did a nice little run on the trails as a snow squall came in to finish us off, but survived. It was good. It's always fun times in Syracuse in the winter. Yeah. You never really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Pretty good snow, huh? Yep. I get that. Yeah, squall. Define a squall. Uh, like you get an emergency notification to your phone oh. that a snow squall is coming. Oh, sweet. So that's scary. <laughs> and, the, and, it's, and the sky turns dark and you oh, don't really shoot. know what's going to happen. Okay. okay. I feel <laughs> and then that. the snow comes and there's wind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's crazy. kind of laugh about it. Yeah. Dang. You uh, often run, like, do you run outside in the snow, even if it's like, if it's, you know, if you have a planned run, are you the kind of runner that like goes out anyways? Even though Yes, I am. Just because I feel like kudos to all of you treadmill runners, but personally, I feel that six miles on a treadmill is about 20 miles outside. So <laughs> I would much rather deal with whatever element is going on outside these walls than get on a treadmill. Yeah. Um, I feel that I ran on a treadmill for the first time in years today. Um, I'm at my, my parents' house um, because I've got a a company retreat near my, my parents' home. 
But uh, yeah, I ran on the treadmill for six miles and it, uh, well, it was actually only five and a half, but I was running as hard as I would have for six miles. So I was like, you know, getting weird and confused about distance on a treadmill. And, uh, but I did watch The Walking Dead and that was fun. So I don't know, maybe I need more treadmill in my life because you can like watch TV, but I uh -huh. Whatever floats your boat, whatever gets you moving, I guess. I guess, but no, I love running outside too. We got tons of snow this week and I got out there anyways. You got to go. Um, yeah, it's different when you got to get all the gear for winter running. Um, yeah. Do you have like, what are those, do you have gaiters and stuff for running in the snow? No, I end up with cold ankles. Um, if my socks aren't long enough, but, uh, typically, no, I just kind of deal with it. I have, you know, shoes that are good in the snow and the ice, um, and obviously warmer winter gear, but, um, I don't really do gaiters. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I usually don't, but one time I ran in like two feet of snow Mm. and that was bad. So yeah. I can recommend gaiters for trail running and snow. Uh, yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, Callie, I'd love to dive into your history now. Um, what got you running in the first place? And about when was that? I had some pretty significant life changes, such as having three children in the span of about 16 months and losing someone close to me. Um, and I needed some kind of outlet. And uh, I had first gotten a Peloton. I just ran. I'm sorry. I rode a bike a lot in my house. And then I had mm -hmm. a friend tell me I could run. And I said, I can't run. I've never run. My entire life, I've never been an athlete, can't do it. And she kind of pushed me for it. And I ended up saying, fine, I will try it. I signed up for a one mile fun run at the local zoo. And that was the end of 2019. And it was like the hardest thing I'd ever done besides what I went through having kids. <laughs> and uh, I did it I, for the very first time. I ran an entire mile without stopping to walk. And it was really fun. And I thought I'd like to do more of that. Wow. With a, a zoo run. That's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. You get to go say hi to the zebras and giraffes while you're running around. Um, I, I connect with that one mile being really hard. Like when you first start, yeah, uh, my ankles and stuff were so swollen after just a mile. It's yeah. crazy. I think it's all perspective. You know, looking back on that, you're like, wow, I can't believe how hard that was. But in the moment and then at that time, it really was so hard. But it's cool to see how far you can go and grow from from there. Mm -hmm. So you enjoyed it. I did. Did you did you uh, feel good after running a mile or were you like in pain? Oh, I was so happy. I can't remember. If I, was, I don't think I was in pain. I think I was just like, wow, that was really hard. Like, let's go celebrate. And we went nice. out to lunch. <laughs> nice. Yes. Celebratory lunches. That is really important. <laughs> after running. Um, so what happened next? Uh, did you sign up for a 5k immediately after? Like you were like on a, were you on a spree after or did you take a break? What happened? 
Um, I definitely wanted to do a 5k next. Yeah. And I did one that was not timed. It was like a new year's 5k that I did with my husband and I thought I would die and he helped me get through it. And I did not run the whole thing without stopping. I, I kind of walked some of it too, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and then I was like, okay, now I really want to do more of this. And I ended up signing up with um, our local Fleet Feet. I don't know if you've heard of Fleet Feet. It's like a running company, shoe company, clothes, and they also do training programs. Um, we have one here. So I signed up with them. And then I ran another 5K, not even like two months later. And that time I kicked my husband's butt. I left him in the dust. So <laughs> we were done with waiting for him. Or, you know, I didn't need his help anymore, which was cool. Um and I ended up training with them to do a half marathon. And that was in that fall. And by then I had also kind of discovered trails mm. because where they base their long, their Sunday long runs out of the park, um, there's also a trail system there. And so I would go early and run, you know, half hour, hour on the trails before I hit the road with the other friends. Um, and I really fell in love with that. Heard a rumor about a really cool trail half coming up that was supposed to be really hard. They said to double your road half time, like to expect to double your road half time. And I pretty much did exactly that. Um, and it was really hard, but it was awesome. And I loved it. And I was just, then I just really fell in love with the trails. Okay. I was sold. You, yeah. When you say you doubled your road, um, half, half time. time, like you, uh, you ran it faster. You ran a, you tried. No, like, like it takes twice as long. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It takes longer to run a trail half. Yeah, it was it was like 14 something miles anyway with, you know, over 3000 feet of gain. 3000, that's right. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And the descents, you know, I there's lots of people who would love flying down these descents, but for me personally, some of them were uh I was not flying down. I was cautiously trying not to fall and die going down. Um <laughs> So, well, yeah, was it pretty technical? Know. Like lots of like rocks yes. and stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was definitely very technical. I really went you know, 0 to 100 there, but um I loved That's it. True. And now I've I've been back there every year since cuz that was their first year doing it. It's called Moreau. And it's an awesome awesome race. Local the RD to, was super cool too. Yeah, local to Syracuse. Ish. It's actually um Albany area. Albany, okay. So it's a few hours from Syracuse, but really, really cool area and fun race. Ten ten would recommend. Yeah. yeah. So you've done that every year since, is what you're saying? Yes. And that's so fun. Not to embarrass myself, it became my first and so far only DNF too. <laughs> I know. Cause I went uh Last year I went and I was really sick oh, and yeah. I'm like, that's okay. It's <laughs> just an upper respiratory infection. I'll be fine. It's only 14 miles. I can get through it. And I had just done something really hard a couple months before that. So it seemed like I can do, not I can do anything, but I could do that. You know, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. 
Uh, I pulled the yeah. plug. I'm, I kind of ended up hiking a lot of it and halfway through, I got a ride back to the start there and cried a lot, but <laughs> I just decided I couldn't not try. Well, that's good. But then I went back this last year and finished it. So we're okay. Yeah. Redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's tricky. Knowing what to do when you're sick. I'm really crossing my fingers that I do not get sick uh, before my marathon. That would, I'm yeah, going to walk it, on some wood right now. <laughs> it's hard because, you know, these things are supposed to be hard. And there's that fine line between am I being a baby or am I not taking care of myself? And sometimes yeah. that line is very gray. Yes, it is a fine line. Yeah, by uh, the first guy that I interviewed for the podcast, Miles, um, I, he got sick before running his uh, first 50K, and uh, he ran it anyways. He did it. He finished. Uh, if I recall right, he was just destroyed after that. Like, I think yeah. he gave himself pneumonia, if I'm remembering. Oh. Like, it was bad after, but he did it. <laughs> But was it worth the cost? I, I remember that being a, a question still. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you did this trail half and and the from the mile run that you did in the, at the zoo to this half marathon, this was all in the same year? This was um, the mile run to the road half was less than a year, a little less than a year. Yeah. And then okay. the mile run to the trail half was just a little bit over a year. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Making some good progress. And uh, okay. So uh, what happened next? I'd love to know between uh, or how long was the uh, gap between your trail half and your first ultra marathon? Five months. Five months. Boom. <laughs> Get there. Awesome. And uh, and it was it a fifty miler or a fifty k? It was a fifty k. So what happened was after I ran that trail half, um, we were all just hanging out after our Sunday long run, mm -hmm. eating some cookies, maybe drinking some beers, you know. And I had a good friend of mine, Ian, who's now an RD, um, and he's amazing. Just tell me that I should skip the marathon and go straight to ultras. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> Why not? Um, so that's what I did. So I just continued training with fleet feet and, um, you know, they built me up to that mileage and then I ran a 50 K. That's sick. Um, I'm curious because I'll be training for a 50 K this year. What, sort of mileage were you putting in uh, a week um you know in the middle of maybe you're getting close to actual 50k maybe it's like two months before what kind of mileage were you putting in at like that point Jeez, i honestly can't remember huh? i don't think it was too terrible now that i've trained for longer things um but I, I honestly can't remember. I don't think I was doing back-to-back -back long runs back then. I think it was just my weekday runs and a long run Sunday. Mm. 
Yeah. Did you typically run like every day during the week or is it just a few days? No, I really like my rest days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Same. typically, typically Monday and Friday, I'm not really doing much at all. Okay. Um, back then, I don't think I was, I don't know if I was running Saturdays or not, or if I was, it wasn't very far. Hmm. Um, I mean, nowadays I do back to back long runs on the weekends and then base runs Tuesday, Thursday, speed work Wednesday is my typical thing. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty similar to that, but, but probably a little less. Okay. Intense. Solid, solid routine, man. Um, okay. So 50 K you, you prepared for and ran this 50 K I'd love to hear the details that you remember. Um, this, so this was in 2020 was your 50 K. This was 2021. 2021. So it was like when the world was starting to come back. Yeah. It's like, okay, um, COVID's, normalcy. Yeah, yeah. COVID's not even cool. We're going to run anyways. Yeah. Awesome. We're outside <laughs> in the woods. What's the worst that could happen? Kind exactly. of thing. We'll just wear our masks while we run. <laughs> oh, that would, yeah. that would hurt probably. <laughs> um, I've never seen people do that and kudos really? to them. I could never, I don't know. Not in a race, but I remember seeing people outside in masks yeah. and I was very impressed by their commitment. Yes. Do what you got to do. Um, yeah. okay. 50 K day. Um, what was the race called? Um, and what, uh, was your day like, like from wake up and breakfast and getting ready and whatever to the end of the, of the race. Hurrah. You are really bringing me back in time. It feels right. like I'm going to, I'm going to try to get everything out of you that I can. <laughs> Just um... whatever you remember. I remember that I was very excited and also terrified and I had some great friends running it and most of them, it was their like for first 50 K too. So it was just a really exciting oh. day for a lot of us. Uh, I couldn't tell you what I was eating for breakfast back then. Probably some, a banana, I don't know, or oatmeal, um, something very boring. <laughs> and the weather I remember was perfect. Like it was cold enough for pants and to start in a long sleeve. Um, the race was called English's Ridge Rumble, and it's held locally here at Green Lake State Park. Mm -hmm. And I believe he, he called it Ridge Rumble because he tried to hit every ridge mm -hmm. on this 10-ish mile loop. Um, so it had a decent amount of elevation gain. And the format, there's three different race lengths you could do one loop for 10 miles two loops for 20 miles or three for 50k mm -hmm. um so that was nice because you could kind of come back to home base and regroup so i was able to kind of refill my vest change uh like it got warmer took off my long sleeve i remember that um lots of friendly people out there this was only my second trail race. Uh, and I had done a, a, a handful of road run road races. And, you know, in a road race, you really you don't talk to anybody because you can't breathe the whole time. Right. Like it just hurts the whole time. Yeah. And uh, so this whole trail running thing was new to me. And it was really cool that you got to talk to people and meet people while you're running it. So I made some new friends and got to know new people 
And uh, I think that helped keep the positivity going. Obviously, there's always some low points in these as well. But I remember I was like looking up man- mantras the night before, like, you know, just whatever's going to help. And I remember one that really stuck with me was with every low, there's a high. And so every time I got into a low, I would acknowledge, okay, we're in a low and that's okay. Cause next comes a high and this is going to go away. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked really well for me. And I just, I feel like everything went, went really well. I was really happy with how I did. Um, it was just a great day. It was really fun. And then afterwards, lots of celebrating because what else is there to do (laughs) right relax um with your lows were were those lows physical lows uh mental lows both like what what goes through your head in the middle of a of a low in your 50k and your ultra i think at that time it was more it was probably mostly mental, like, wow, I have so much further to go and I'm tired and this is hard. It's hard. There's no, you know, way around that. It's a hard thing to do. Um, I mean, I, I, if I remember correctly, physically, I was feeling pretty good. You're just tired. I mean, I remember there was this one portion of the race where I'm probably in the last three to four miles of the whole thing. And there's these two women hiking because there's a, it's a pretty popular park during the summertime and so they're hiking by and I heard one of them say to the other how long does this race go on for because <laughs> they had been seeing racers like all day probably and you know now we're in pretty late morning I think we probably started around eight so getting close to lunchtime and I just looked back and yelled forever (laughs) and we all laughed (laughs) but it did it does it feels like forever sometimes and you know even when you're almost done suddenly it feels like wow three four miles is feels like a really long ways to go right now because you've already gone you know 20 something yeah yeah that's true um what uh what was your time? Like, how long were you running for at the end of this 50? Look it up. Okay. It was, um, I want to say it was like five, it was five something. I mean, five twenty. I'm going to look it up for you because it's going to bother me. Okay. Well then do it. Um, yeah. Five hours on the trail. My longest run, my longest long run, I think is, was three hours. So yeah, just add another two hours to that. Uh, okay. It was five twenty six fifty one, And I was very proud of that time. It, it's a smaller race. Um, there were one, two, three, like 15 females. And the top four females are like I know them all personally and they're all incredible and women I look up to and I came in fifth. So that was like a huge honor to me basically to be so close to them. Um, so I was really happy with how that went. I haven't been able to run that course that fast again, but it was a good time. (laughs) That's incredible. How many times have you done that since? Um, I think I only have done it 
one other time, to be honest with you, actually. Okay. Was it one other time or two other times? I'm losing track. One. Yeah, only one other time. Okay. It feels like more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next time I ran it, the weather was, uh, I was a little slower. The weather was much warmer. Mm. And, you know, when you come out of training through these, this winter and then it's April and it's hot out, your body is like, what, what is happening? This is terrible. Yeah. Um, so that's tough, but you can't predict the weather. Yeah. The heat's different. Yeah. Um, my first trail half that I did, like I was running in the morning, like early, like six before the the sun came up or while the sun was coming up and it felt amazing because there's no sun and it's cool ish. Mm. And, um, but yeah, when the heat hits, it's like, yeah, it's different. Uh, you're like, all of a sudden I need to drink a lot more water and electrolytes and it's yeah. Harder. Yeah. I feel like the heat hits differently at the end of the summer versus the beginning of spring too right like you're just not acclimated yeah whatsoever at that point this year I was actually I was supposed to run it this last year and I was injured um so I volunteered and I was super sad about it until it was like 80 degrees and I was so glad I was like man if there was a race to have to miss it was definitely this one this year (laughs) Yeah, that's hot. It was rough. It was rough. I think they had more DNFs than ever because it was just brutal. And everyone's been training all winter. And then all of a sudden it feels like August, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you were really happy at the end. You placed fifth. That's or fourth. No, fifth. 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 That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, and then you went and ate some good food. I did. Do you remember yeah. what you ate? Uh, yeah, um, I had a giant bag of peanut M and M's. Oh, let's go! <laughs> and let's go. Um, so good. What are this so like little? What is it called? Little hazies IPAs, those little green cans. I was really into those. Uh huh. A really nutritious and delicious. Yeah, post race. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I eat so many more carbs now that I run and uh, I was worried like, oh shoot, I'm going to gain weight, but I don't because I burn it all. So it's yeah, great. you need it. <laughs> it's fuel. You need yeah. fuel. You yeah, know? exactly. It's nice. So if any of y'all like eating carbs, just start running if you're not already. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sweet. Well, that's a sweet first 50 K. Um, yeah. Anybody who's listening who uh, hasn't signed up for their uh, first ultra yet, uh, you got to do it. You know, do your first few races and and then just sign up for your 50K and and just enter the world of ultras because it's it's fun. Um, I'd like to now talk about another race of yours. Um, I know you've done um several ultras since then maybe before we talk about a specific race um what distances have you ran and and how many times have you done them and yeah I thought you were gonna ask me this I wrote it down oh sweet (laughs) good you predicted me 
So I've done four 50Ks. And then Manny on the Jenny, which is, um, I think it was like 43 miles. So I didn't know what category to put it in. It was just like Sure. its own Special. thing. And then I did a 50 mile race. And then I did a 12 hour that ended up being over 50 miles. And then I've completed the 100 mile distance twice. One was a timed race, a 24 hour timed race. And the other one was a point to point. And those are all my ultras. That's Mm -hmm. Yeah, several. And lots of different distances, which is really fun. Um, I'd love to hear about another one of your ultras, one that uh, feels near and dear to you, one that was special for whatever reason. Maybe it was, I don't know. It could have been really hard and it's amazing
super strong and super awesome and fun and supportive and loving. And like, they're my little running family, I feel like. And we like to do these adventures together, whether they're mine or one of theirs. Yeah, that is super cool. Um, I feel like I need to find that. Um, but it's really fun to hear about people who have that little running crew or family. Um, when you uh, met these folks, were you all in different places in your running like career? I don't know if you want to call it that. Like you'd all run different distances and were at different levels of fitness. Like what did that look like? Um, they had all been running a little bit longer than me, but not by much. Um, and they, I consider them to be in a faster group than myself. Um, so I definitely look up to them in that sense and their abilities. Like they're just amazing. Um, distance wise, we were all, I think in a pretty similar place. Um, and then one of my friends, his name's Doug, he did his first hundred miler the same year I did the same year I did mine. Yeah. So, you know, we've been pretty similar, um, with those things. And then, yeah, Kelly did her hundred miler, I think that same year too. And then Michelle, she was injured, but I think she's going to get her hundred this year. So yeah, it's, we've all kind of grown together, but not really on purpose, you know, like it's just, just been kind of a natural growth as far as distance goes. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. you met, did you meet through the group that you run with? Yeah. Yep. Fleet. Met them on the trails. Fleet uh, feet. Yeah. yeah. And now, I mean, funny enough, none of us run with fleet feet anymore, really. Like, kudos to Fleet Feet and I'll always be thankful for them. Um, my schedule just doesn't allow it right now because of the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, Kelly has kids and things and we all have these other commitments and stuff that kind of make things a little complicated, but yeah, I think, I don't know if Michelle started out with Fleet Feet or not, to be honest with you, but Doug and Kelly did. And so did I. So, but yeah, we all found each other on the trails. Cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I just need to get with a local running group. Um, that's great advice for anyone out there. Like, Oh, I definitely always recommend like a running group. I mean, especially when I started Yeah. just having that accountability and the miles fly by when you're chatting, getting to know people or finding friends that you love spending time with, you know, it's just different. Um, and of course, there's always those days where I appreciate running by myself too. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But there are times when I feel like, man, I need, I need that support of my buddies. I need my group. I want to be with them. And especially when the weather's not fantastic, you know, you can laugh about it together instead of complaining or complain about it together, whatever works. <laughs> you know, it's just oh. nice having that group. Um, and I really had no idea what I was doing. I just knew what I wanted to do. So I definitely needed a coach to guide me, like, tell me, just tell me how many miles to run when, and I'll do that. And that's what I needed. Mm. Um, cause I had no idea what I was doing. So I definitely always recommend find a group, find a coach, you know, yeah. take the guesswork out of it. So did you have a coach or did you just have the group? 
You did have a coach. Well, Fleet Feet, um, they have someone there who like would make a plan for you based on your goal race. Okay. So I had someone telling me, okay, you need to do this many miles on this day and that many miles on that day kind of thing. Nice. So I've always been kind of led. And now I, I still have a coach. He's just not part of Leapy. I, I use Ben Robinson, who's an amazing runner, trail runner, who I love dearly and highly recommend. Um, but yeah, I've always been very like pro coach because I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a mom and a nurse who likes to run. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I think especially if you want to prevent injury and stuff, these things like you can't jump into it as fast as maybe some would want or, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have known how to do it on my own. I probably would have hurt myself. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's. And I still did it relatively quickly. I think I just did it depending on someone else to tell me how to do it right. You know? Mm -hmm. So you had a coach for all of your races so far. Yeah. Yep. That's really helpful. Yeah. That's, that's very helpful. I've been self coaching myself so far and I guess we'll see if it works after my uh, marathon here in two weeks. Uh, yeah. I mean, many people, you know, do it fine and it works yeah. out great for them. Just for me personally, it was like, I got to get rid of the guesswork because I've got too many other things on my plate. Yeah. You know, if I could yeah. just know what I'm supposed to do and then I can really go to that race and say, I can trust my training. Um, I did what I was supposed to do. I know I'm ready for this, you know, whereas if I was building it all myself, I'd be like, I don't know if I did that right. <laughs> yeah, that is how I feel. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. You can feel more secure about um, about your training, maybe on race day. You know, you're like, I did what I needed to do. Someone who knows his stuff, her stuff, told me what to do. Is this will be great? That's yeah. that's a fair and awesome point towards having a coach. Sure, I know there's there's lots of you know free programs out there too and guides. Um, but for me, again, just the whole thing with having kids and juggling work and, you know, things come up and I just know or knew that if I have like a plan, just printed out that can't be changed, I'm probably not going to be able to follow that to a T and I wouldn't really know how or where to adjust. Whereas if, when I have my coach now, I can be like, Hey, I have two kids throwing up today. I'm not going to be able to run. <laughs> how should I adjust my week? you know, a little personal touch to it to um, make sure I still feel like I'm staying on track, even when these things come up. Mm -hmm. That is great advice. I love talking to people who have coaches and seeing how that is. And I'm sure, I mean, is your coach local or is, is he? No, he's not local. Time? Cool. How does that yeah. work? Um, we have a shared spreadsheet. And then I also have his phone number, so I can text him if it's something more urgent than him checking our spreadsheet. And I just, he puts in what I should do, and I put in what I've done and how it went and whatnot, and he'll comment back. Um, and we can have a conversation on there if, if need be, uh, or I can text him, or I've hopped on the phone with him before, too. So it works fine. I don't see much different between that and having someone you know, super local, cool. but yeah. Cool. Well, cool. 
Thank you for explaining your running friends and your coach. Sure. Uh, fun and interesting. Um, I hope uh, that is helpful advice and, and thoughts for folks listening. Um, but coming back to your 24 hour race. Okay. So you had your crew there and uh, was it just you running from your crew that day? Um, they were just there to support you or did you? So in that race, if you're doing the 12 to the 24 hour, you can have one pacer for the second okay. half of the race. So I did have my one pacer Kelly for the second 12 hours. And she was with me the whole time because she's amazing. Woo. What a friend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she's done a lot of hard stuff for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. That's so cool. I love that. But yeah. You, yeah. You make me want to have cool ultra running friends. This will happen yeah. someday. Um, and she was with me the year before, the year before when I did the 12 hour. So it starts at 7 p.m. So she's with me starting at 7 p.m. and she's just crewing me. And then she can hop into the race at 1 a.m. and then ran with me till 7 a.m. I mean, talk about a good friend there. <laughs> yeah. So she's really awesome. And we'll, you know, do all this crazy stuff with me, which is nice. Yeah, that is super legit. Um, talk to me about the difference. Um, the difference between this twenty-four hour, probably pretty flat race, and your Bear One Hundred Ultra, which I know has over twenty thousand <laughs> feet of elevation gain. Uh, totally, yeah. totally different, and it's point to point. Like, just talk to me about all the differences between these races so the 24-hour race i think i had a little under 3,000 feet of gain maybe and then the bear it's, it's over 22,000 feet of gain um so that was one big difference obviously the other big difference is loop race one of the pros is you know i just had a handheld with me whatever my next nutrition was whereas the bear yeah. you know i have a pack on the whole time um point to point was really cool I knew it was totally out of my comfort zone. That was part of why I wanted to do it. And um, just so different and beautiful. It was so beautiful. The other, I don't know if you want to call it an issue. <laughs> the other challenge, I guess you could say, was um, the altitude. You know, I came from sea level. Um, and I had been getting over some other kind of respiratory illness and I thought I was good to go. And then as I got there a little early and two days before the race, I was like, wow, I feel terrible. And I'm like, but that's okay. I'll be fine. Come race day. And then as soon as I got through that first climb, I was coughing and struggling and thought this is going to be this is going to be a wild ride, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel too terrible. I felt like we could, we can keep moving and I'm comfortable and I'll just purposefully take it slow and, uh, you know, do our thing here. And it wasn't until kind of halfway through, it was the middle of the night. We were a little over 50 miles in and I'm leaning on my poles, coughing up bloody sputum. And I'm like, what? is happening why why is this happening to me and i can't quit like we're too mm -hmm. far in i don't want to quit i want to finish this race so then i'm like don't tell my mom my mom wasn't <laughs> even there but i was just like 
I think I was so, you know, at this point tired and out of it, definitely hallucinating some things and like, just don't tell my mom, you know, I thought she'd be freaking out. And uh, <laughs> well, coughing up blood is not normal. Yeah, no, I, I fully understand that. <laughs> um, but then daylight came and like, I was still coughing, but it wasn't as colorful. So I thought things are improving. We're good. And then I felt like the cutoffs were getting tighter and tighter. Like I went from having this huge cushion to being like, wait, we only have X amount of time to get to the next A station. I was like the last, the last two or three A stations, I was getting really, really concerned about time. Um, but I knew if I made it to the last one mile, I think it was mile 91, I want to say. And that's where I was picking Kelly up again. I knew if I could get to her, I could finish this race, even though I'd have to actually really run. And uh, so when I got to that point, that was my like, I was emotional because for me, that was like the finish almost because I just knew in my heart, if I could get to that point, we could finish this race as long as I didn't, you know, fall and hit my head or something <laughs> crazy. Um, and we did. I, I got Kelly then and we took off. There was one more climb. It was like the steepest, one of the steepest, but not very long climbs of the race and then we had to run run to the finish we made it barely I think I had 17 minutes on the clock out of 36 hours which is nothing right <laughs> oh my gosh so it was a very 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 different from my 24-hour adventure yeah I guess a huge difference is like cutoffs like 24-hour race I guess there's a cutoff at 24 hours, but you know, you're going right. to make it because it's wherever you land is what you got. Right. And I, I really, my 24 hour race, I had a mileage goal. You know, I wanted to get that hundred. I knew what I had to do to get there. Um, and it was very, I don't want to say it was comfortable. It was uncomfortable, but it was comfortable in the sense of like, you're always close to home. You're always close to the, your friends, the aid stations, the bathrooms, like you're never that far out. This is, I mean, we, past the porcupine in the middle of the night as I'm coughing up blood. Like this is really, really beyond uncomfortable. <laughs> a porcu don't trip on a porcupine. No, there's this, there was this giant tree next to us and like the whole tree was moving. And I'm like, what is it? And my friend Doug, he's like, it's a porcupine. Keep moving. I'm like, oh my what? God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so. a better thing to run into. I think in uh, Logan Canyon better to run into a porcupine than a cougar i agree and during some of my lows when i was by myself i thought well if i get attacked by a bear or bit by a rattlesnake <laughs> i don't have to keep going <laughs> <laughs> like those are legit excuses and those actually <laughs> cross them i'm like well i wouldn't have to keep going if that happened <laughs> yeah that's a great excuse yeah yeah. But it was, uh, it was beautiful. It was a great experience. I'm glad we got to finish. And then, I mean, the weather couldn't have been better, better. The full, the leaves and everything were just, you couldn't make it up. It was so beautiful. And as soon as I crossed that finish line, not like 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, time was called like this storm rolled in Ooh. and wind picked up. I was like, wow, thank you, Mother Nature, for waiting that 20 minutes there. It was so bad. When we got back to our Airbnb, we had no power. 
Really? Yeah. That bad. Yeah. So that was interesting. We stopped and got pizza and then got home to no power. So my friend Michelle, she had her camping stove with her and set it up in the kitchen and made hot chocolate on the camping stove. <laughs> it was Let's amazing. Go. That's yeah. clutch. Yeah. Michelle so fun adventures. Oh, and then the other thing that was interesting, you know, in the loops race, mm-hmm. we're not leaving. You don't have to drive anywhere. Um, this one, you know, I rented this car and it was great for the terrain, but I guess at one of the last aid stations, when I took off with Michelle, Kelly pulled out and like hit a rock or something and the tire blew out. <laughs> what? This is at bear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Dang. And thankfully it was really close to the aid station where there was like a lodge and there was a bunch of people. And so. She ran yeah. over and she's beautiful. So all these men came running back, <laughs> um, fighting, fighting over who gets to change this tire. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they got the job done. There was, I guess there was a mechanic there. So he, he got hired to change the tire. Hired. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Dang, stuff. So there were happens. a lot of, uh, yeah, stuff. I mean, stuff like that never crossed my mind. Yeah, that seriously. was one thing I didn't think about. You think about maybe I'll get sick, maybe I'll fall, maybe this. I mean, you don't think about blowing out a tire. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Right. What if your pacer isn't there? What if your yeah? What if your crew's not there? Right. Yeah, like that could happen. Uh, I watched totally. a documentary of of someone running uh to try to break a, a record for a hundred miler i can't remember the exact story but it was for western states and yeah her pacer like didn't show up at one of her uh at one of her checkpoints one of her aid stations and she was just like it just threw her off so bad but totally. uh, yeah which yeah that would be pretty i don't know <laughs> you're like confused hoping they're okay Right. And then most of these situations, you can't communicate with each other. There's no service. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry for those listening. If uh, you don't know what Bear is, Bear 100 is is a 100-miler race located in Logan, Utah, that uh, goes from Logan, Utah to uh, Garden City area. Fishhaven. Right? Fishhaven, Idaho. Fishhaven. Okay. Um, yeah, near Bear Lake. I think that's what's um, called. Yeah, cool. Thanks for for clarifying. Yeah, great race, uh, super mountainous, high-ish elevation over in Utah. Yeah. Anyway, woo. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, stuff happens. Those are very different races. Um, would you say one was harder than the other? They were both challenging in such different ways. You know, I mean, the 24 hour, my body hurt way more after that one. Really? Because okay. I was, I'm, I was going the whole time, you know, Got it. there, I was doing a lot of hiking, obviously a lot of coughing. <laughs> um, it was definitely tough on my body, but it took me longer to recover from the 24 hour than it did for bear. Uh, yeah. I'd also strained my calf during the 24 hour, um, I wasn't I wasn't injured after the bear at all, but I think they were just so different pace wise 
and everything that they just affected me differently. Um, so I don't know if I would say one was that one was harder than the other. I think they are both very challenging in different ways. Mm. Um, the other thing with the 24 hour was it was in the middle of August. It was really hot and humid and it starts at nighttime. It starts at 7 PM. So your body is kind of totally thrown off from the start. Yeah. You know, yeah, which is really that. cool because during the daytime, the general public comes to the park and now you've been running for 12 hours and you look like you're half dead <laughs> and here are all these families with their little kids on bikes and kites and stuff. And they're just looking at you like, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> Cause I'm like, they don't know. They don't know. We went, went, went through all night, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's a hilarious thought. Like, how many people are running this too? The anchor down, I think they allow like two hundred people. Okay. Um, but that's total between the six hour, the twenty four hour, and the twelve hour. Okay. So by the daytime, all you have left is the twenty four hour runners that are still running. Yeah. So okay, like fifty people, maybe or less. Maybe like... I don't know. Yeah, I so can't not, remember. Not a ton though, and we yeah. all look pretty yeah. rough. Not gonna yeah. lie, I don't remember anyone looking so fresh by then. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Know? Were you for that one? Since uh, you know it's timed and whatever, and you want to get your hundred miles in twenty four hours, were you jogging, running the entire time? Did you walk? How mostly, that... mostly, I was running jogging whatever you want to call it there's one yeah. little hill that I promised myself I'd walk every time and I did even from loop one which was really funny because everybody's went flying by me and I was like I got this I can walk this little hill um and then I think I ran it once near the end by accident because I like forgot yeah you're so right. out of it and then um the last I want to say the last like three loops I had to walk because I was in so much pain because my calf I strained my calf and I had like an ice pack shoved in my calf sleeve and I had taken some Motrin and then I was asking for more and I was declined. <laughs> it's too soon to take any more painkillers. Um, Dang. So those I walked because, and I wasn't feeling good at all. I wasn't able to eat anymore. Um, so my thought process was if I can walk this out, I know I can get to my goal. I can get to that hundred mile goal. Um, if I push myself, I may end up leaving via ambulance, which then I don't get my goal. And that just sucks to have to leave that way. So I was trying to be as smart as I could be with it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, I didn't ask, but did you hit 100 miles like at 24 hours or? No, I really? think I had maybe like 15, 20 minutes left, like not that really? long. Yeah, but okay. not long enough for another loop. But um, once I started feeling really hurt and dizzy and unwell, we were doing some math to figure out, you know, what do I have to do to get the mileage I want in time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. So you didn't, did you start out with some math too? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I knew I knew exactly what needed to be done, like an yeah. average pace. Yeah, cool. Right. Yeah, that's super cool. Totally. Yeah, that's totally different. It seems way more predictable. 
than yeah running the bear or some point to point mountain race totally because you don't like it the terrain changes the temperatures change so drastically during that and you know I had never really been out on the course like I didn't know right anything I mean this 24-hour race I had done the 12-hour the year before like I knew it I knew it really well um so there were no surprises yeah uh, whereas the bear was all new to me. That's so, so it's cool. harder, harder to prepare. Yeah. You have to prepare for anything. <laughs> well, that's cool. Thank you, Callie. Thanks for, for sharing your, uh, your stories about your hundred milers here. Um, and, and your, how you got to your, your hundred milers, your earlier, um, race history. Um, I want to wrap things up and uh, I'd like to, as we wrap things up, explore your why, um, your why for running. Um, would you mind reminding us why you started running and then why do you still run today? That's such a hard question. <laughs> My why I started I don't want to say an escape. It's not an escape, but it's, it's just something so outside of your normal everyday routine and life. Um, and I had found some healing in the trails with the loss of a close friend, uh, which I think was one of the reasons I was so attracted to trails once I found them. And there's just something really special about being out there in nature and kind of being able to let go of your responsibilities for a minute and just enjoy where you are in that now and what you're doing. And I think that's some of my continued why is I think there's just something so special about being out there and so different. And I don't know the right word for it because like I said, it's not an escape, but it's like, a, it's just another world. It's another part of your life that's in a way separate from other things, but it also brings me happiness and joy that comes back with me to those other things. If that makes sense. It does make sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I feel similarly. Cool. So that's why you started. Is, is that remain one of your main whys for running today? Yeah. I mean, my whys today, I mean, there's also those things that come with, you know, challenging yourself and what are you capable of? Like, I was never an athlete. I got, you know, most improved in JV softball because I was required to play a sport in high school because our school was so small, you know. Um, so I think anyone that knew me back then would have definitely never predicted I'd be some type of runner or anything athletic at all. Um, and I think it's really cool, you know, being able to challenge yourself and to see how far you can push yourself. I mean, part of why I went from that looped race to the bear was it was like, well, this is so out of my comfort zone and so different. And in a place I've never been at an elevation, I've have never tried like, you know, all these hard things. Um, and it's just, 
if you really want it that bad, you can do it, which I think is really cool. So I love finding these new challenges and exploring them. And, you know, what better feeling once you conquer them? Reach. Reach. And if you had to leave the uh, listeners today with one advice, one mantra, I don't know, something wise, what would you say? And, and definitely keep in mind, you know, like maybe this, this, the person listening is new. Um, they haven't run an ultra yet, but they're intrigued by the idea. They're like, man, this is, this would be a really cool thing to do, but it seems so hard or far away. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give that person? Man. You know, obviously the easy ones, like never give up. But <laughs> I think one of the coolest things, I think it was my coach put in an email. I can't remember where I got it from. But, you know, the training is the test and the race is the celebration, which I think is so important to remember when you don't want to get out the door and you don't want to. There's just days I don't want to run. I just don't feel like it you know? Um, but if you want that goal bad enough, you know, don't give up on it and don't give up on yourself and just know if you really want it that bad, you can absolutely achieve it. Thank you. Sure. I want to say that again, the, the training is the test and the race is the celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. That is fantastic. So, I think it was. I think it's in his pre-race emails. Who doesn't get mad at me for sharing? He wouldn't. <laughs> this is yes. going to make him famous. Okay. Training is the test. Racing is the celebration. Most importantly, believe in yourself and your training. But yeah, that always really sticks with me on those tough days. Because not every run is going to feel good. And not every day you're going to want to go train. But that's that's your test. You know, the race is the fun part, even though it's hard and you never know what's going to happen or how it's going to go. You know, don't lose sight of how big that goal is and how good you'll feel after you accomplish it. Awesome. Thanks, Callie. Thanks for, for that advice. Thanks for your story today. Appreciate you being here. Happy to share. Thank you. Hey, Brendan here. I just wanted to thank you for listening to today's episode. As someone new to ultra running myself, I found these conversations to be super valuable and I hope they are for you as well. And if you want to know when the next podcast episode comes out, make sure you subscribe to the show. Also, some exciting news. The Ordinary to Ultra Facebook group is live. This is a great place to meet other aspiring new and experienced ultra runners and have any questions you have answered, get some advice, maybe find a running buddy that's local or maybe virtual. And it's just a great place to make connections with other psychos that like to run way too much. <laughs> the link is in the description of this episode. If you want to go join that Facebook group and make some awesome connections and that is all. Thanks again for joining me today and we'll catch you in the next episode.